Welcome to the Top Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Proud Mouse Pod Rocket Academy. I'm your host, Bill Cates, creator of the Cates Academy for Relationship Marketing. In each episode, I interview one of our industry's top performers, getting them to pass on their secrets to success to you so that you can impact more lives and generate more income. Now, on to the show. Welcome, welcome. Before we get going, I want to let you know about some free resources that I invite you to retrieve after you've listened to today's interview. You'll find checklists, guides, videos, other tools. Simply go to referralcoach.com forward slash resources. Now write this down unless you're driving. Referralcoach.com forward slash resources. It's also in the show notes. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our weekly tips. We're Always sharing best practices. We'll notify of our newest podcast interviews as they go live. And while these are free to you, I like to say you'll also find them quite valuable. So on with today's show, you've heard the term bucket list. Most people think of a bucket list as goals that people want to accomplish before they, you know, kick the bucket. I know that some people don't like that term. I've gotten feedback on that. It seems negative to them because it's partly about death. Personally, I like the term because there's a very finite deadline. Pardon the pun. Anyway, (laughs) move over bucket lists. Today, we're going to be talking about live it lists. This term was coined by today's featured guest, Nicole Middendorf. Let me brag on Nicole just a little bit, and then we'll tap into her expertise and experience and wisdom. Uh, Nicole describes herself as a money maven, uh, a knowledge junkie, and a born coach. She left a wirehouse uh, position in 2003 to run her own wealth management firm, which she still runs today, Prosper Well Financial, based in Minnetonka, Minnesota, which I think is a suburb of Minneapolis. Nicole is the author of five books, a world traveler, philanthropist, accomplished, accomplished public speaker, as a wealth advisor and a certified divorce financial analyst. Nicole's main focus is to help people find happiness in life and feel comfortable about their money. She accomplishes through one-on-one client meetings, writing her books, presenting at conferences, appearing on television, radio, other media like this. Uh, Two of her books, Simple Answers, Life is More Than Just About Money, The Million Dollar Question, Lipstick on, uh, let's see, what's the other? Lipstick on the Pig. A financial advisor divulges the secrets every woman should know about happiness, money, and independence. I should ask her about that in a second. And then who pays navigating love and money, which I have a copy right here, which uh, you can also get a a card deck. Uh, Nicole, we should ask you about that too, because I assume couples play this. Uh, Should be very interesting. Uh, One more thing in her bio, she states, the world needs more people to be financially savvy and wholly independent. So her goal is to be one who supports them on all levels and helps them find financial happiness. So that's a lot of ado. Put the ado aside, Nicole Middendorf. Welcome to Top Advisor Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, there's so much I want to talk about. Uh, before we get into Live It List and, and a little bit about your book, um, I, I think it would be good for our advisors to know a little bit about the uh, summary of your of your financial practice. Uh, it's you kind of wearing two hats, I guess. So, so a little bit about your team, a little bit about who you're trying to attract these days. Anything that uh, folks listening can you know it might help them understand your context, where you're coming from on all this. 
Yep. So left Morgan Stanley 20 years ago, which is unbelievable to go independent. Uh, we first were with LPL and then left five years ago to go with Raymond James. So Raymond James is our broker dealer. There's nine of us. Um, we are adding two more team members before the year's over because we are growing so fast, which is a great problem to have. I really attribute uh, a lot of that um, to just me being in the business and making lots of mistakes and, and learning a lot. And now knowing more what to do, let alone LinkedIn has been a big contributor to that. So nine people, uh, I do have a lot of marketing people, which most financial advisors don't. I have a marketing manager. This is the first time that we now have a marketing manager. I have a marketing associate and then we have a marketing intern. So three people that are focused on the events, our current clients, the newsletter, you know, the books, <laughs> all this, the LinkedIn, the social media, all the stuff that we do. But it's also because we've got the live it list, which is unique and it makes us different. And then on the service side, we have a senior wealth advisor. And that's really my goal is, and that's why we're hiring two more people before the year is over, is because I really want to take our team members and elevate them. So right now we have a senior relationship manager and a relationship manager that want to and are almost ready to move into the associate wealth advisor role. And so we manage over 640 families. My personal goal is in three years that I'm just handling 10 of them and that I, that ProsperWell exists when I'm no longer around. And there's advisors here that can continue on the legacy and have a great business and a great practice. And I look at myself as the mentor for that. It's great. So it, it, this question, next question isn't on my list uh, to ask you, but I'm intrigued about the book, Who Pays Navigating Love and Money? And, and the card deck that one can get with it uh, that I assume couples play. Tell, tell us a little bit about that, uh, the orientation of the book, uh, who pays and, and the cards. Well, back when I did my radio show, people kept asking, where's your book? Where's your book? Where's your book? <laughs> and so the, that's where I wrote the first book. And no one tells you once you write a book that then people keep asking, when's your next book? When's your next book? <laughs> when's your next? I mean, I get that now. I'm like, yes, I'm working on the sixth one. I am working on the sixth one. But the who pays came about because, you know, I'd written books that were in the financial sector. Like if you go to the bookstore and there was nothing, my, really my best friend from college is like, Nick, you need to write more a book about relationships. Like even though you're a wealth advisor, you joke that you're a therapist. And there's so many days that I feel like a therapist. And I've been single for a very long period of time. And so I would go out on dates and there always was this awkwardness when, <laughs> when it comes, when the check comes. And I'm um, like, and so I just started doing research on social media, like, hey, you know, when you date, should the guy always pay? Like who pays? And that's how this who pays came about. So I asked for dating horror stories, all sorts of things relating to money. And then what happened was his clients found out that I was writing this book on dating and money. And one in particular said, Nicole, do you realize that you saved our marriage? And it was this aha moment for me. Mm. Like, wow, this is not just a book on dating and money but this is a book on relationships. And so I added in that component of like, what do you do when you get married? Do you keep your finances separate or together? What about blended families and all of that? And so then once the book came out, I'm like, gosh, like I give the advice always of having a money date. 
And so it's like, okay, people are like, great, I'm going to have a money date, but actually giving people the tool and giving advisors now, because we're giving them to advisors to give to their clients, giving them a tool to sit down and actually have this money date and have this conversation and help them facilitate because so many times people fight about money and they really don't need to be fighting about money. And I like some of the questions on the card. I could just see couples doing this, except for me and my wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're the exception. <laughs> yeah, you know, so are you a spender or a saver? Who's the biggest spender? I can't find this question now, but one, one of the ones I liked was, uh, have you agreed on an amount that the other can spend without consulting? Correct. Uh, and my wife and I keep our finances as separate as pretty much one can do. So theoretically, we don't have to consult with each other. But I was joking before we went live that, I mean, I probably couldn't go out and buy a boat uh, without talking to her. <laughs> you know, just, I could see pulling up in the driveway with a boat on a trailer, right? right. Um, anyway, uh, so so let's let's talk about uh, live it lists. I I first learned about this when I was reading an article you wrote, and uh, because. One of my interviews is uh, with Lester Matlock, who talked about bucket lists and how he works bucket lists with his clients, and it works very well for him. Uh, yours was move over bucket lists. Let's uh, well, let me read it here. I get it right. Move over bucket lists. Live it lists are life changing for clients. So, what is a live it list, and how do you work this with your clients? And it sounds like it's turned into something bigger than you probably even thought it would be at first. Because uh, now you're having live it list events and just tell us the whole thing and I'll ask yeah. you questions as we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I have goosebumps as you say that because I really believe sometimes out of the worst things in life come the best. And um, it was, uh, I'm so my ex OSJ was, is my ex-husband. And um, on August 4th of 2010, it was the first time that the 911 phone call went through and a warrant was put out for his arrest for domestic assault on me and our two children. My daughter at the time was six months old and my son was two. And so not only here I was in a business <laughs> together, I mean, I, I've been through it all and everything in my life was so negative. And I just was like, how, how do I get out of this? How do I, I was physically numb, financially numb, emotionally numb. And growing up, I was a figure skater. I had, I was blessed with one of my coaches had her PhD in psychology. She worked with me with the power of the mind and I always had lists. And so I'm like, rewrite my bucket list. I'm just going to write down 12 things and I'm going to do one thing a month for a year. Cause that will be a distractor for me with this divorce going on and something that I could look forward to. So I wrote my list and I met with my best friend from college. I'm like, here's my list. I wrote down 12 things. And one of them is to drive a race car. Let's go up to Northern Minnesota and drive a race car. And he's like, Nick, anything you do, you don't just put hundred percent into it. You put 180, you need to go to a real speedway. He's like, hop on a plane this weekend and go to Vegas. I'm like, great, <laughs> let's go. Well, he wouldn't come with me. My parents moved into my house to take care of the kids. And I hopped on a plane by myself to Vegas. And the gentleman sitting on the plane next to me would not leave me alone. <laughs> it was one of those plane rides where they're like, I have to talk to you. And so I'm going through a divorce. Like I'm a mess. And for some reason I felt compelled to stay in the local book club. So I'm reading Steve Jobs's book at the time, like looking back, I'm like, I don't know how I made this all happen. 
but he wouldn't, he kept bugging me like, well, you're not going to gamble in Vegas. And eventually I was like, look, I just rewrote my bucket list and I'm doing one thing a month for a year. He finally got silent and he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You're so young. Is it, is it cancer? What medical thing do you have? And so when the plane landed, <laughs> I'm like, because he I'm, used the term bucket list, right? right. So he, he thought, thought yeah. he thought I had a year left to live. And, right. and, and so when the plane landed, I'm like, I can't do this. Like I just, my life is such a mess and everything's so negative. I can't tell people that I'm doing one thing a month on my bucket list for a year because they think I'm dying. I'm like, I'm already dead emotionally. <laughs> and so I just started calling it the live it list. Well, then I learned one in three Americans is happy. I then learned if you spend more money in experiences, you're going to be happier than if you spend money on things. So I had this aha moment, like being a survivor of domestic violence. I never planned on being a financial advisor. I wanted to go to law school. I ended up in this career because my ex-husband's like, this is what you're going to do. Like you're going to work with me. And so I was in this career, you know, my house, nothing in my life I'd picked out my house. I hadn't picked out my car. I hadn't picked out my career. I hadn't picked out. And I literally was miserable. But from the outside, you know, living on the lake, the boat, all that stuff, like life should have been perfect, but it wasn't. And so I just started calling it the live it list. And then I learned these statistics and I kind of had this aha moment of like, wow, okay, here's how I can love financial planning. Here's how I can help people. I'm like, I can have them come up with their own live it list. Well, now fast forward, we have the live we are doing live it list coaching programs. We're helping people come up with their own happiness wheel. Like all the things that I did to help me find my life and myself back, not just related to finances is what we now help people do. And we have live it list trips. We have local live it list events. And it's all driven by like, you know, I'll find things that I want to do. Um, we I've never been on a game show. And locally here in Minneapolis, there's a company where you can go and have a game show. So it was like last month <laughs> or the month before we've, you know, had 18 people they came with and we had this game show experience. And it's all about living life to the fullest. And so not only am I living it and inspiring other people, but we're helping them with their financial planning. Like every client that comes to us gets a financial plan. And we ask, what is on your live it list? Yes, we're going to get people to retirement. You know, we're going to help them with their kids with college. But it's what what's your why? Why are why are you on this earth? What's important to you and what's on your list? Because we want to help them achieve it. So the 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 your clients, your financial planning clients, live it list clients, they're all one in the same. Or are there some clients that are just doing live it list, but not financial planning? Correct. Sounds like they're all one in the same, correct? It's no, we keep it separate. Like oh, you do keep it separate. Yep, okay. It's, it's separate. It's a separate, separate experience, a separate list. Now, having said that, you know, like our, our first live it list trip that we did, we took 20 people to Napa. Um, one of our clients that went with, she, she was like, I went to Napa with 19 strangers and I came home with 19 friends. And so one, it solidified the relationship with that client. Um, it's also then people that are going on these trips become clients. It's, it's really, I'm, I'm being authentic and I'm being myself and I'm doing the things that are important to me. And I'm bringing those people along with, and generally they're becoming clients because you develop such a strong relationship with someone with you're on a game show or you're going dog sledding or you're going camping or going to a movie or what, you know, we're doing a movie night outside, go yoga. I mean, 
all of these <laughs> fun, fun things, you know, they're like, what financial planner does my financial planner doesn't do yo goat yoga <laughs> with me. So <laughs> it's all Nor about mine. <laughs> it's all about being different and unique. So the, um, First of all, I love the quote is spend, spending money on experiences brings more happiness than on things. I That's not exactly how you said it, but I right. get it. I think that it makes a total sense. I'm already thinking of a, a couple of women, one going through a divorce, one just went through it. I want to send this interview to them. <laughs> um, so it, it, it since money intersects every aspect of one's life um, and it would seem to me that anyone's who's involved in just the live it list part of your business, sooner or later, the conversation is going to have to come, come to money in some way or another. Right. Correct. Yeah. And so right. that's why some of the, some of them then eventually perhaps become clients because of that. Correct. Yep. I mean, and so we have our coaching class that happens next week, you know, some are clients, some are not. And the ones that are clients are just wanting more time with me. They're wanting more inspiration. They're wanting that coaching that is different than financial advising. And then those, those that are coming to the classes and wanting this coaching, then eventually, you know, obviously my goal is that they're investing clients. You have some clients, uh, financial clients who can't be bothered with the live it lists perhaps. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm sure there's some people yeah. that are like, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> it, right. doesn't, it doesn't excite me. And it's not like I'm pushing it on people, right, you know, right, right. it's, it's just our philosophy about living life to the fullest. And you, you, you attract like attracts like, and so yes, generally right. we're attracting people that want to live right. a full life. We're attracting right. people that want to have experiences and want to do things and they don't want to live life with regrets. I mean, how, how you talk about your value will just naturally attract the people you want to attract and, and not attract the people you don't want to attract. And, and, you know, we're not for everybody. Uh, and that's perfect. It's, uh, it, it, but you're being authentic and living what you want to live and, and making a few bucks in the process, which is, it's wonderful. It's a, it's a great country. Uh, <laughs> I would think that this, this live it list activity it is a referral generator. I, I can't help but think that a lot of your clients talk about you to others because of the nature of, of how you're doing this. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I look back at this business of, you know, that's why we're adding two more people before the year is over. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I started just cold calling <laughs> and I started mm -hmm. teaching classes. I mean, at smart women finish rich from David Bach and, you know, and I, and I did a radio show and I felt like I was just always so desperate or, you know, I was working so hard to find clients and it wasn't really fun. Like it, it felt like work where now, you know, me telling my story or going and doing an experience or taking a trip or checking off another item off my live it list or having a conversation with someone and having them feel fulfilled in life that doesn't feel like work. And I'm loving so much more my day-to-day -day activity and more stuff is coming in because of that, because you're being truly authentic to yourself. Great. I mean, we could just stop here and I think people would, <laughs> would get some value from it, but I do have some other things I want to talk to you about. I, I, I want to ask you about, uh, going independent, uh, because I know, I mean, I'm not advocating one way or another. There are wirehouse folks that listen. There are 
captive agents and insurance companies that listen. They're independent advisors that listen. And I am curious uh, what made you decide to go independent and and to build a team? What are some of the key decisions, some of the the whys and some of the defining moments, I guess, in, in that journey? So I went independent because I didn't know how I could be a mom and, and be a financial advisor. Like I went independent and so many wholesalers told me like, before I went independent, they're like, Nicole, it's a, it's a change of lifestyle. And when I went independent, I then eventually had my children and they were in pack and plays in my office. I don't know how, how I could have done that at a warehouse. <laughs> and so for me, the big, I hate the word balance, but for me, I didn't know how I would be able to be a financial advisor if I wasn't independent, being a, being able to be a mom and my mom was a business owner. So yes, it was being the mom, but it was also because I'm so drawn to writing content on LinkedIn and writing articles and writing books and doing radio and doing TV. And I don't like to be told the no. <laughs> and that warehouse environment was like, you want to be on radio? No. <laughs> you want to be in TV? No. <laughs> you want to write this article? No. And so being independent, it's not no, it's how about you do it this way? <laughs> How about we look at it this way? So I, and then I, when I went independent, I never, I never looked at this, that I would have a business that would exist when I'm no longer around. Like I, I never thought that. And so now it's like, wow, I do have something that's, you know, we're adding advisors, we're growing, like there's going to be prosper. Well, will exist when I'm no longer here. And that's where now I feel, um, this responsibility to change the industry and have more women in this industry. And I would love to have more female financial advisors and grow that. And I feel like me sharing my story can help that as well as just being that leader to make change and providing an environment that you can, you can have it all as a, as a mom, as a woman that you can do it. Yeah. Good. Uh, it's funny. The wire houses have, has, have loosened up slightly, <laughs> right? I mean, I know I, I interviewed Al Fox. Albert Fox is one of our podcast interviews is with a wirehouse. And it took him a year to get uh, to be able to create videos that mm -hmm. he could send out to his clients. Um, you know, the whole everything is, is different. No question about it. Um, and, you know, all the models exist for different reasons because different people want it different ways. Right. So I think it's, I'm not advocating one way or the other. I want to shift to client acquisition because that's my bread and butter. It's what I love to talk about. People love to hear it. Used to cold call. Mm -hmm. uh, now you ask referrals. Uh, sounds like you don't always have to because you've got such a great experience that you provide that that experience uh, probably creates some of that. Um, I also want to touch on LinkedIn because I know that's been helpful. So let, let's talk about client acquisition. What's what's working for you these days around bringing in new clients and bringing the right kinds of clients? For us, it's hosting events and and doing LinkedIn. Hmm. Um, and LinkedIn, I had probably like three thousand followers on LinkedIn, and um, and I went to a conference. And I heard uh, a man, Kevin Knebel, speak uh, about LinkedIn. And I went up to him after the conference and I handed him my business card. And I'm like, I need to hire you. <laughs> and he did a session with me. 
um, for like an hour. And um, he's like, you don't need to hire me. You just need to do these 11 things. And so I went and did those 11 things. And voila, here we are today with 25, 26,000 people that follow me on LinkedIn. And it was really, he helped me find my voice. And, and so it's my LinkedIn voice. It's not content from, you know, boring analysts. It's not market commentary. It's pictures of me, my kids, moments that happen. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be, um, I'm part of a golf league now. And so women, uh, there was uh, always, this happened to be the other two, the other Tuesday. I'm like, I have to write this down right now because otherwise I'll forget. Like I'll get off the golf course and be like, Oh, what did she say? I'm like, that was such a great analogy. And so for me, it's just inspiring people. And I sometimes tie it back to money. Sometimes it's not, but it's sharing my mistakes. You know, this morning, the post and, and again, like we have to do these in advance, they get approved and all that stuff. But the, this morning, this post that went out was about, it's a picture of my workout room downstairs. And like, how do you get motivated and what inspires you and what kind of music and things like that. So LinkedIn has been huge, humongous. I mean, we're, you know, it one to five leads, which turn into clients a week. Hence, that's why we're hiring two more people before the year is over. And, um, and then I don't ask for referrals. I do a horrible job of asking. I just, we just give a great experience and we do events. And so prosper wine and women is an event where we get together the women. I own my commercial building. So we have got a patio area outside. So in the summer we host it outside and, um, we just provide, you know, wine and cheese and crackers and cookies and all sorts of stuff. And we just sit around and chat and, how this developed was when everything happened for me, I ended up with the boat, um, as part of the divorce. So I'm like, I'm going to add to my limit list, learning how to drive a boat. (laughs) So I learned how to drive a boat and I just started taking some women out on the boat. And these women were like, Oh my God, this is so amazing that you know how to drive a boat. I'm like, seriously, come on. Like we're women, like we can do it all. We can do anything. (laughs) Do anything. But what happened was, is a woman got a job, a woman got a client. Like all these amazing things were happening from women being on my boat. And I'm like, okay. So when I bought my commercial building, I'm like, we're gonna have these women together once a month and just network and connect. And so from that, I gained speaking engagements. Women get to know me, and that's the biggest thing. Is like. I I know there's so many advisors out there that like have a meeting and then another meeting and then another meeting. It doesn't work that way for me. Like people, like we just had this on Friday, gentleman messaged me on LinkedIn. My relationship manager took it. We open up an account and boom, we've got the assets here. (laughs) Like it's people know, feel like they know us. They feel like they know my story. They know our values. They know who we are because of the things that we're doing from the events to the LinkedIn, to my foundation and giving back to domestic violence. It's all about, it's, it's being authentic and it's being transparent. Well, I, that guy, Albert Gray, I mentioned earlier, advisor, he, he, I, I, I think he would call that playing in traffic. And what I mean by that is you're just out there, you're doing this stuff. You're, you're generating this activity. You're not just in hunkered down in your office, doing zoom meetings with clients all day, right? You're correct. Uh, you're planning traffic and in, in, in a good way in boat traffic, I guess. I should say. <laughs> um, a, a couple quick things, by the way, um, 
the the around LinkedIn, uh, I don't know when it's going to occur in relationship to this interview with you, but I'm also interviewing Richard Bliss, who is kind of the guru and paying attention to the the LinkedIn algorithms and when to, when to post, what to post, all that. So uh, for those of you listening, look to that Richard Bliss uh, interview around that. One of the things I've learned from Richard, uh, I'm curious your response around th- these couple of things I want to share since you've been doing so well with it. Number one, he, he says that, I mean, the best photos, if you're going to post a photo, the best ones to post are, are real photos, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, of your workout room or you, doing an event or as opposed to clip art, right? Yep. People, the clip art doesn't engage people much, but the real photos people pay attention to. I have a friend who finished this bike race and he had a, uh, had his bike and he was holding it over his head, you know, like in triumph that he finished this long bike ride, not a race, but a long, you know, trek. And he got like, like 500,000, you know, impressions from this. Yep. Uh and and so that's one thing you're clearly doing right. And what LinkedIn likes is a conversation. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like what you're posting uh, lends itself to people leaving comments. Mm-hmm. And that's what LinkedIn likes as well. So just talk about that a little bit, what the things you're posting and and why LinkedIn is working for you because you're posting different things than the typical advisor. You already said you're not doing just this, you know, the market reports and economy reports, but give us a little more on that. Yep. So we track like which posts go viral, you could say. I haven't had one, you know, my highest I think was like a hundred thousand. I haven't had those huge huge million ones. Yeah. But to me, like that a hundred thousand, that's a lot, you know, we just, all we want, you know, we just need one client off of it. Um, but a post that went pretty big, um, was a a picture of my son. And I think I was maybe in it too. Um, we took a trip and we were headed down to Miami to a dolphins game. And oh, we got into the plane. There was three seats and my my son and I sat down and we were the aisle in the middle and there was an empty seat by the window. Well, eventually this woman came. My son and I get out for her to get in. And my son goes, ma'am, would you like me to lift your suitcase above? And she's like, oh, thank you. So my son takes the suitcase, lifts it up. We sit back down. I think nothing of this. (laughs) The flight attendant comes up to me and he's like, did you prompt him? And I'm like, no. And he's like, I just have to thank you. He goes, I watch hundreds of gentlemen a day ignore this situation. And your son, he's like, sir, how old are you? And he's like, I'm 14. (laughs) And he's like, for you to be a teenager, your mom not to ask you and you take the initiative and help this woman get her bag. And it was one of those moments where I was like, oh my gosh, like that proud mom moment. But I took it and I posted it not to be like, look at me, I'm a great mom. I took it as what can you do today? Mm. What can you do to get make someone else feel good? What what's a random act of kindness? And so it's writing in a way that, yes, people share their stories or like my kid did this or, you know, so I saw this happen yesterday or I just did this. And and it's it's all about getting that conversation going of there's so much negativity out in the world and I want to spread more positivity. And that's really what drives it from these algorithms and these changes. We have noticed that. And so one of the things we recently added is polls. So one of our employees is doing this and like 
you asked the one question because I just approved it to go out next week um, or in a couple of weeks, whenever compliance gets to it. <laughs> but um, it's the question that you asked of what, and we're asking it, what is the minimum dollar amount that you need to buy, that you could buy something without asking approval from your significant other? And so these polls then are driving more of that conversation. And we joke in the office because someone will comment, this is the worst question ever. <laughs> someone will comment, this is the best question ever. Um, <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't take things to heart that people are commenting on, on LinkedIn or any social media platform, but it's all about generating that conversation and inspiring people. And, and that's why polls are still pretty good because first of all, people have to engage in a little longer. LinkedIn pays attention to how long you're, someone is engaging in the post. Yes. And then of course the comments that come as well. Uh, one of my biggest ones uh, actually was uh, it was something about money to the next generation and, and that sort of thing. But man, it, it got a lot of people got hold about it. A lot of people with the scarcity complex, a lot of folks that, you know, want to stick it to the man around money and like all of these, you know, somewhat negative. I just deleted all the negative ones, but it, because it created the conversation, good or bad, it just got a ton of impressions. Uh, so in, in a minute, I want to cover two more topics with you. First, I want to talk about to you about your TV appearances and and your business and 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 how you did that a little bit and what that did for you. Uh, and then something you've started, a group you started called the Producers Club. I want to talk about that. I think people find that very interesting. First, I want to take a brief pause to listen to a word from our sponsor, Pod Rocket Influence Academy, brought to you by Proudmouth. First, they make this podcast possible. And their core business is helping financial advisors like you listening accelerate their influence through marketing activities such as podcasting. This podcast is sponsored by Proudmouth, the influence accelerators. Proudmouth. Tired of chasing potential clients? We help you spend less time selling and more time advising by amplifying your influence over a growing audience of magnetically attracted fans who will chase you down instead. Visit Proudmouth.com to learn more. Be your own loud. I need to take about 45 seconds to let you know that our newest and even better than before Academy for Relationship Marketing is now online and waiting to help you move from incremental growth to exponential growth by multiplying your best right fit clients. When you go to the katesacademy.com, that's the katesacademy.com, you'll see four leading edge courses, uh, one on how to communicate your value more effectively, got some processes we teach there you're going to love. Uh, course two is about a clear path to becoming more referable, super referable. So you get more unsolicited introductions as Nicole has been talking about having those great experiences that generate introductions. Course three is about being proactive, how to ask, you know, when to ask without looking needy, pushy. Uh, I always, people come to me for coaching, say, Bill, do you have a way to do it without looking like that creepy referral guy? I get creepy referral guy, cheesy referral guy. Uh, and yeah, there is a way. And then course four is about the all important connection, the introduction, because that's where it breaks down for folks. I just did a coaching call with a group and this is, they're getting willingness to provide referrals, but they're not getting the introductions. 
so much I could tell you about the Academy. You just go over to thecatesacademy.com and make sure you use the coupon code TCA200, the Cates Academy, TCA200, and you'll save $200 off your, off your investment. So uh, back to my conversation with Nicole Middendorf. Nicole, talk to us about television. What's the strategy? How do you make this work for your business? So I never planned on being TV, <laughs> but I, I love doing it. It all came from um, an advisor when I was at Morgan Stanley. He uh, walked by my office and uh, he's like, hey, I know you probably weren't listening to the radio this morning, but they were on talking about women's investment clubs. And this woman uh, had no clue what she was doing. And so I figured out who the producer was, made a phone call and said, if you ever want to talk about women and money, it's me. And six months later, get a phone call on a Thursday. What are you doing at 10 a.m. on Tuesday? Usually short notice, isn't yep. it? Yes. Short notice. You you know, yeah, I always say yes. And that's the biggest thing. I, I was flying up to New York and going on Fox. Um, and I said no one day. Um, it was I was either pregnant with my daughter and something was happening or it couldn't fly. I'd, it was something with my daughter. And I said, no, I have not been back out to New York on Fox. And so you need to say yes. And you need to what the biggest thing I learned when I did my radio show was these reporters are always looking for something to talk about. And these reporters are so busy. The more you can make their life easier, the better it is. And so, you know, we now send out press releases with talking points and really like concise things. And so, you know, let's say you we use the example of that poll. Well, look, we found out, you know, majority of Americans or you find a study or whatever, majority of Americans, you know, divorce rates going up. Well, here's the five things that people can do about it. And you make it succinct, you make it easy and you just have to keep trying. It's the same thing like with finding clients. You just have to keep sending out the press releases, utilizing LinkedIn, developing those relationships. And that's the thing. Now, a lot of these reporters are really good friends of mine. And it's all about connections. It's all about relationships. And it's all about, you know, one, you got, you got to be good. <laughs> and you need to, right. you need to be able to talk. Like, I don't ever believe like, if you're not meant to be on TV, if you're not meant to be on radio, like, don't do it. <laughs> don't force it. <laughs> right. But if you have that talent, utilize it because there is such a need. I mean, us as financial advisors, like how many people need financial education? Like, I mean, when Everyone. I'm looking at, I'm looking <laughs> at a, a, I have a painting in my office of Prince and it always reminds me like when Prince died, oh my gosh, like I was on every news outlet constantly talking about, you know, specifically in Minnesota, the lack of people in Minnesota having a will or having a legal document. And so making sure that, you know, it's, it's taking anything that's out there and making it sound really interesting and giving sound bites to people to help them and to make an impact. Talk about ROI on that. It sounds like you're, first of all, this is national in scope, uh, could be local places, but in different cities and all. What's the ROI on that? Or is it just the experience and part of your living list? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we get clients out of it. Absolutely. Um, generally I look at this business and it really any business that it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. And the joke now in the office is, you know, people will call and they'll say, I heard Nicole on radio or I saw Nicole on TV. And so we always ask, well, when was that? Because the joke is 
people, you know, I oh, 15 years ago on such and such a program. <laughs> right. And so the advisors in my office are like, oh, and I'm like, I'm so old, you know, because it's, it's, if you ever went to school or if you've ever watched a marketing class or read a book on marketing, people need to hear you, see you at least six times before they actually make that first connection. And so for me, it's, that's why, you know, yes, we're running, we're swimming with the boats, we're running in traffic because you need to have those messages consistently out there. But I was on a program um, about a month ago out on the East Coast. I was sitting here in my office, didn't fly in. You know, that's a thing nowadays. I'm not hopping on planes to do a lot of these interviews. And we ended up with a client. And uh, and it was a nice client. She lives out in the East Coast. Never met her in person. And so there are some things that happen pretty instantaneously. But most of it is building that reputation and building that brand over a long period of time. And it makes it easier to gain the business. That's great. The producers club. Tell us about that. Why'd you start it? What's the mission and how can our listeners learn more about it? Uh, if they, if they become interested. Yeah. So you can go to nicolemiddendorf.com. There's a little tab that says producers club. We also have the producers club group on LinkedIn and that's where I post ideas. I mean, it came about because I, I left Morgan Stanley and my first year with LPL, I did $75,000 in production. And the goal of any advisor is to be a million dollar producer usually. Right. And I became a million dollar producer in five years. And so that's, people are like, well, how did you do it? <laughs> and so I, I would give the advice over the years, like here, do this, do this, do this. And my business has, you know, I'm a full-time single mom of teenagers now <laughs> and a full-time business owner, and I own multiple businesses, I just don't have the time. And so that's where I'm like, well, let me start this online group and let me speak to financial advisors at conferences. And so that's where different investment firms will have me in and I'm sharing my story. And I explain, here's how you write a book. Here's how you do a podcast. Here's how you do a newsletter or you know, all these easy, inexpensive ideas, things that took my business and grew it in a short period of time million dollars in five years. That's, that's impressive. We should have started with that at the beginning. So people knew <laughs> that um, I'll make sure it gets on the, the bio and whatnot in promoting this. Uh, uh, my featured guest today, Nicole Middendorf, the founder of Prosper Well Financial near Minneapolis and the Producers Club. Uh, Nicole, thank you so much for being our featured guest on Top Advisor Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this is a good one. Uh, to you, the listener of this podcast, may I ask you a small favor. If you like the episode or like the podcast in general, please leave a five-star review on the platform you're listening to the show. Not all platforms have a place for reviews, but if yours does, I'd be grateful. Thank you. If you haven't already, head over to thecatesacademy.com. Let me say that again, thecatesacademy.com to check out our newest online resource to help you create exponential growth by multiplying your best clients. That's the katesacademy.com. And don't forget to use the coupon code TCA200. So all our listeners to Top Advisor Podcast can save $200 on your membership. Bill Cates reminding you, ideas do not make you more successful. Acting on those ideas will bring you the success you desire. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you for listening to the Top Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Proud Mouse Pod Rocket Academy. 
I encourage you to visit my website, referralcoach.com, for links to my books, online courses, and to register for the Cates Academy.